Welcome to the Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Priority Now is hosted by Carmen Halsey of the Illinois Baptist State Association. Hey ladies, this is Carmen and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. This week we're joined by Mrs. Kimberly Sal. Hi Kimberly. Hi Carmen, it's great to be with you today. Oh girl, I appreciate you giving us some time. Ladies, you're going to remember Mrs. Kimberly. She was with us at Priority just this past April, but she was also with us a few years back. And a lot of you girls in the state know her through our through our South Asia partnership. So Kimberly, God has just so used you in my life and a lot of women's life and, and even more now by the teaching that you did at this most recent Priority. So we are grateful to you. Well, thank you so much. You're getting ready to go back to the classroom, right? Has school started back for you yet? Um, I have two weeks and then I'm back into the classroom for some live teaching and some virtual teaching. I am excited about getting started because it is very weary to sit and try to wrap your mind about round about what it's going to look like. I'm, I'm ready to see what it actually is going to look like. I think you are not alone in that with teachers or, or parents or in the students. I think they, they you know, are just excited to go and hope it sticks. So Kimberly, take a few minutes and um, remind our audience, for some of them that may not know you, a little bit about how God has you positioned now, but a little bit about your background too, how I first met you, because that's where I want to go in today's podcast. And I want them to see how God has formed your life and your career path. Sure. I graduated from college and went straight into the classroom, and I taught high school for five years. But during that fifth year, um, I was already involved in some part-time ministry, and God started working in my life during that fifth year, and he called me to step away from the classroom and go to seminary and begin to be um, in full-time ministry. And so that's what I did. And for 17 years, I was in full-time ministry. I was a uh, speaker and I traveled around um, and spoke to um, women's events, uh, mostly in the United States, but also sometimes abroad. And um, I've written uh, 17 Bible studies and devotion books. And I worked on staff at a church for six years as a women's ministry director, a curriculum writer, and a director of missions mobilization. And missions um, has been a big part of my life ever since seminary days. And so um, uh, I was involved in various partnerships in different parts of the world. And one of those partnerships was in Bangladesh, where we were working with some missionaries who were doing some anti-human trafficking work. And so um, God really opened the door uh, for Carmen and I to connect because she was she was seeking an opportunity to fulfill something God had put on her heart. And I was seeking partners to get involved in Bangladesh. And so uh, since then, you all have really taken the ball and run with it in your state. And God has asked me to step into a different um, adventure. I had asked the Lord several times in my life to let me be a missionary. My husband is a very godly businessman, but he is not called to the mission field. He's wrestled with it and he just can't land um, anywhere else except that God has him where he wants him to be right now anyway. And so God fulfilled that in a way I did not anticipate by putting me back in the classroom. And so I really believe with all my heart that when God called me back to the classroom, 
he called me to be a missionary full time and that my vocation is to be a missionary um, who happens to have a platform of teaching. But I want to clarify to say this, I, I am following the law because that is what the scripture teaches us to do. And I am also teaching with excellence as much as God allows me. So um, that is my priority. I am never going to shortchange the students because that is not going to honor the Lord, nor is it going to make me a better missionary. I need to be there and meeting the needs of the students, but loving them with the love of Jesus while I'm there. That's good. That's good. I've often said that I don't know that there could be any greater mission field than the public school systems right now, school systems in general, but especially the public school systems. And I, I think that's even more amplified and more on the radar with the pandemic, you know, as teachers are preparing to go back. And um, because, you know, I'm thinking Dr. Jeff Ward, you know, who is with us at Priority, he said, you know, look for ways to lean in to people's life when, when basically life is shaking them a little bit, you know, and he gave us those spiritual antennas. And I think that the pandemic, something broke was one of them. And, and I think every Everybody's coming back under that. And, and by far, everybody thought, I think this would have passed by now. You know, this too would pass. And they're a little bit surprised. So it's not even a pivot and adjust right now. As I think people are realizing, how do we start to live with this now? And I don't think it's just the pandemic. I think we're getting our minds wrapped around the fact that um, this is what it's going to be. In other words, it's that constant rate of change, constant rate of change, constant rate of change. And um, I'm careful how I say this, but um, in some ways that reminds me of the short-term mission trip. You know, anybody that's ever been there, what, what do we always say? Be flexible, be ready to go, be ready to flow. And it's almost like God has, um, I, I'm not God, I can't speak for God, but from a subjective assessment, it's like we're all in that mode. It's just, I don't think we know what to call it sometimes. So it helps me to like put on that short-term mission lens and say, here we are today. You know, what, what is God doing today? So good deal. Kimberly, I have something very specific that I want to unpack on today's podcast. And so I'm going to jump right in there. And it has to do with your Friday evening teaching that you did for us this past April at Priority. And ladies, if you're listening, we will put that recorded session. Those aren't available anymore, but we'll add that re that Friday night teaching slot that Kimberly did for us at this year's Priority um, into these episode notes so that you can access that because it will well be worth your time. Kimberly, one of the things that God is showing me with the, when we talk about how are we discipling women in this discipleship pathway is um, critical thinking skills. In other words, how do we get people to think critically? Um, and, and so as, I, as I've been thinking about that, um, and had been thinking about that, here come you, you know, bring in Kimberly to priority. And you used an illustration from your classroom. And I really don't remember the context that I do. It was along this line. But when you unpacked that that night, it was just something you just slid in as an example. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that demonstrates this concept perfectly. And here was the example. You had said that um, you were talking about a lot of times we approach the Bible is almost a yes, no, you know, should I do this? Like, let's turn to the table of context, you know, um, is, is it, should I do this? Should I not? And then they're frustrated because the answer is not there. You use the example, should I marry Bob? And the Bible may say, well, who's Bob? We don't know Bob, but you used an example with your students that they'll often come to you and you'll say, now read your paragraph and then answer these questions. And they'll often come to you and say, I don't know how to answer it. And they'll say, and you'll say, did you read the paragraph? 
And they'll say, well, yeah, but the answer is not there. And you'll push them back to say, but the paragraph, the information in the paragraph is teaching you how to think to formulate your answer. And when you package that, I'm like, that's that critical thinking skill that we're talking about. So I want to see um, that. That's what I want you to unpack a little bit today for the women, that concept of how we're approaching the Bible and putting it together to equip us to critically think. Okay, well, let's talk about that. And I want to encourage everybody who's listening to just just take your guard down for just a moment. <laughs> Anytime you're a teacher of God's word or if you're a teacher in the classroom, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, even outside of a teaching realm, it, you are going to be a better whatever it is better nurse, better teacher, better whatever, if you have times when you are challenged to think about your methodology. And so that is a positive. Let's make this a positive and not a confrontation of your your methodology. Uh, because all of us, myself included, I want to be challenged so I can hold on to what I'm doing well and I can tweak what I can do better. Okay. And so I want everyone to think back to everybody, if, whether you've been a teacher or not, you've been in the classroom. And I want you to think about those times when you have learned the most. And so whenever um, students are in my room, I can tell when they have learned to sit in a classroom with someone who will give them the answers if all they do is ask enough times. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, when they had basically we condition children to do that. Uh, they don't they just come to us like raw clay and we we unfortunately teach them. Well, if you ask the teacher enough times, she'll just tell you how to do it. If you keep saying, I don't understand, I don't get it, then she'll eventually just or he will break down and just do it for you. And so what I'm trying to do in my classroom is I got to understand nobody is going to pay my students one day a salary to sit down and do a worksheet. They're going to pay them a salary to sit down with a problem and come up with a solution. And so I'm not worried as much about them getting the answers on the worksheet correct as much as I'm concerned about them learning how to work through with the skills that they have and the knowledge they have and go further with it. And so when my students come to me and say, I don't, I don't know what to do, my first go-to is tell me what you understand. Start. Tell, tell me what you um, what you're bringing to the table. And so immediately they will say either I don't know, which means they haven't tried to think. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, OK, well, I'll come back in a couple of minutes. Let me sail around the room and I'll be back. And I want you to tell me what you figured out so far. Or they'll immediately say, well, I know this and I figured out that. But when I get to this step, I'm not sure what to do. And that tells me they have been critically thinking. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to navigate with them, not by saying, oh, well, this is the next step, but instead by saying, have you thought about this? Or saying, what if we did that? And sometimes the what if is not, what if we did it the right way? Maybe it's, what if we did it this way? And oh, you see, that's not going to work either. So what can we do? Mm 
And so um, if you will think with me about those times in the classroom where you thrived, where you loved the teacher, you went home and you talked about it with your parents at the dinner table, I would bet for most of us, it wasn't a teacher who stood up and lectured for an hour. Those were probably the classes where you had the hardest time staying awake. Those were probably the classes where you just felt like the teacher was a Pez dispenser and you were supposed to write everything down. And am I supposed to write for an hour? What am I supposed to write down? Am I, what am I supposed to glean from this? And those are classes where the teacher is the expert and you are just supposed to glean everything that the teacher knows. And there's definitely a place for that. But I want to take that now and transfer that into a Bible study setting. All right. I want everyone to lovingly pull your toes up because this one might hurt a little bit. But listen, my friends, I've been there and I've done that. I promise you. Okay. But I want to ask you this question. Does your Bible study setting basically look and feel like the time that everyone is sitting in the sanctuary and receiving a sermon? Is the sermon biblical? Absolutely. God has called men into that position and God gifts them and speaks through them. But I want to challenge you to make your Bible study time look and feel differently because here's why. Well, here's one of the reasons why. If we go into the worship service and we get a sermon and then we go into life group or Sunday school or Bible study and it also is like a sermon. Then our people are walking away week after week having received a word, but they are not receiving they are not being equipped with the skills that they need for the other six days of the week to sit down with God's word and have the experience of letting the Holy Spirit teach them. And so they constantly are going to have to gravitate toward someone else interpreting the scripture for them. That might be a devotion book where they read a verse, but somebody else has to tell them what it means. Or they read a verse, but they have to go to a person that they know to say, help me understand. Or they simply, and this is probably most likely what happens, my friends. They simply don't read the word during the week because they say, I just am not equipped. I just don't. When I get to a place I don't understand, it makes me feel dumb. I get frustrated. And so I get what I can get during my Bible study time and during my sermon. But they're just not reading because they don't feel equipped. And it might be that it's slightly our fault for not equipping them. A teacher is not meant to be a dispenser of knowledge. A teacher is a guide. It is it, We are to navigate our students to a place where they can, they can feel like the champion that they are. I took up the challenge, I looked at the material, and I got to a place where I figured something out. And in our context of Bible study, the Holy Spirit guided me to the mm -hmm. truth to figure something out for myself. That you just—that's a lot, Kimberly. That—that that is just a lot. And and I'm—I have trouble staying focused because I'm just taking it in because I am so intrigued. I'm just so intrigued by this. And um, um, 
Kimberly, I'm not remembering the scripture right off, but basically where Paul is telling us, you know, you need, you're, you're still on milk and we should, you should be to meet right now. And um, it was after priority. And I think it was through Sunday school curriculums that, that God had taken me back to those verses. And I guess myself critically thinking, you know, all of it just kind of coming together. And I'm like, this is what Paul's meaning, you know, and this is why we're so wayward. And this is what it means to just be milk. But I think for years, you know, I even just misinterpreted those verses thinking, milk, okay, I am growing. I'm in discipleship groups. I am. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not about any of that. It's about, can you think, you know, because it's, it's how we're thinking and how we're applying those stories of the Bible, you know, how we're actually on our own, being able to take them and apply them in our lives in real time to make decisions that we have to make right then. You know, it's not just about a small group. It's about making decisions. Are you sending your kids to school today or aren't you sending your kids to school? You know, um, am I taking this job or this job or, you know, relationships? And I am just so intrigued. Um, and I'm not saying we don't go there, but I think we're missing this. I don't, I don't know how to put it into words, Kimberly. There's, I just think God's taken us down a path, and I don't quite know what that path is because we've got all these valuable resources and I can see benefits. But I'm still seeing a gap, but I don't quite know how to name that gap yet, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I think two things that you said are two very important keys of what we can set as a goal for ourselves as Bible study teachers. One, can my people step away from Bible study and know how to directly apply the scripture in their lives in the coming week? A direct application. Mm -hmm. And part of that might be as a teacher to be able to wrap up every session with how are you going to apply this in your life? What has God said to you? And be specific. And then to sit quietly and listen. We are, um, and as a society, um, we are sort of respecters of privacy and i and i think that's a good thing but um in a bible study set setting it, could we get to a place of love familiarity and community enough that we could be transparent at the end of every session to get to be able to say i've got to take this back and i've got to apply this to this situation i'm dealing with with my coworker, or to say I need to talk to my mom about this. Mom is struggling with this. And she, you know, she and I have been talking and I want to, I want to share this scripture with her because I know that this is exactly what she's been looking for. This is an answer. So there's one way that I think what I'm getting from what you just said. And then secondly, that critical thinking also comes into play with the actual methodology that we use during that hour of Bible study, the methodology to point the women into the scripture and to not go that mile wide and an inch deep, which is so hard because we can think of all of these verses that we can pull in and tie in. But what if we just hunker down on 10 or 12 verses for an hour which may sound to someone out there like, oh, there is absolutely no way I could talk about it. But no, I don't want you to talk about it for an hour. Mm -hmm. I want your people to talk about it for an hour. And I want you to be able to be okay with the silence mm -hmm. because if we're doing all the talking, then the Holy Spirit can't get a word in edgewise. Mm -hmm. So if we can go deep and not so much wide, Mm -hmm. Our folks can walk away and we're equipping them to read God's word for themselves. You know, when you when you just said that, 
where my mind went is, um, well, you just said these words. We're so talking. We're not okay with the silence. We're, we're talking so much that the Holy Spirit can't get a word in edgewise. And, and, you know, and I'm telling you, you're speaking to me, you know, as I teach on Sunday mornings and, and, um, that shows we put, I'll speak to Carmen, too much responsibility on me and not on the Holy Spirit, you know, because I sit here and think, well, what if these are just thoughts coming through my head right now, ladies, as I'm hearing Kimberly unpack this for us is, well, what if their theology is off? Do we correct them? You know, I'm sitting here thinking I'm not I've, I'm not an educator. You know, I wasn't trained to be an educator. So like even when you use the word methodology, you know, I've got to wrap my head around. What does she mean by methodology? Oh, OK, I understand what she means by methodology. But that when you said that the Holy Spirit doesn't even have a chance to get a word in, I'm like, that's what I'm trying to say, I think, through the critical thinking, because that's the true guide. But but I own that responsibility sometimes too much to think, well, don't I need to correct their thinking if their theology is wrong? I'm so glad that you said that because, OK, that is a fabulous point. So when we have more of a lecture format where we're doing the talking and everyone's supposed to shake their head in agreement, the statistics show that when we are listening to a lecture, I'm just going to say lecture, mm -hmm. um, that the amount that we actually soak in and remember is a very small percentage. The more participation that we have, our understanding and remembrance goes up. But if I'm not the only one doing the talking, then that means that somebody else might say something that is not theologically correct. Now, let me challenge you ladies to think about this. What would you prefer? Would you prefer to be talking and teaching and someone sitting in your room sort of misunderstand you because maybe they've had past poor teaching, maybe um, they, they didn't understand what you said correctly, and they walk away having not said anything out loud, but misunderstood, but they'll still apply it falsely in their life. But you'll never know it because you didn't listen. Or would you prefer to be in a classroom where people are talking, someone says something that's not quite right, and then it's out in the open, it can be corrected, and that person walks away the, with, with the truth. Of course, we would say the mm -hmm. second. But now that sounds like confrontation, but it's not. Because if you can build an atmosphere of Bible study where when somebody says something, you can just simply say, I don't know. Look at verse 25 again. Mm. Look at it again, everybody. Let's look at verse 25 again. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is good at his job. <laughs> and so you go and you look at verse 25 again. Are you going to have to be the one to correct that? Or do you suppose the Holy Spirit will correct that? Mm. And it might be that the very person who said it is like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I get that wrong? Or after two or three or four weeks of doing this, Somebody else in the room is going to say, hey, you know what? I was thinking that didn't sound quite right, but I'm thinking, um, Jane, I'm thinking that actually what God is saying here is blank. And that's when you as the Bible study leader steps in and says, yes, I will. You know, this is biblical, ladies. This is biblical. And you have to trust the Holy Spirit more.
if you allow these conversations. But I'm telling you, you want relationships in your Bible study group? They're going to grow fast when people are interacting with each other with God's word. And they're going to walk away and say, I can't wait to come back next week because I engaged. That was awesome. That was fun to, to see God working in mm-hmm, other people's mm-hmm. lives. Y'all, that is intoxicating. It is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Ladies, we're going to have Kimberly back next week to share with us the methodology that she uses in, in her Bible studies, just to give us a picture of an application, you know, to continue to wrap our minds around um, this process that she's talking about moving from being the expert in conversation to guiding somebody, to guiding somebody in um, embracing knowledge and being able to critically think and apply it to their to their lives. All right, ladies, if you're not connected with us, be sure to connect. You can either go to our website at ibsa.org backslash women. You can follow us on our Facebook page at Illinois Baptist Women or on Instagram at Illinois Baptist Women. And we hope you have a great week and we'll see you next week on the Priority Now podcast. Thank you for listening to the Priority Now podcast. Please continue to join us on the journey to know Christ and make him known.